The Tar Heels are a top five team in January or later for the first time since the 2018-19 season. And you know what? I believe they're here to stay. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to welcome you in to get your Tar Heels content every day. For you everydayers in particular, want to say big hello to you. And if you're new to the show or maybe you're a repeat guest, we're so glad that you're here. If you want to be a bigger part of our community, come join the Locked on Tar Heels Discord channel. We're hanging out talking great Carolina content all the time. The link for that is in the show notes. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Coming up on the show today, uh, we're going to look at the newest polls that are out, some bracketology that's out, an update on Carolina basketball recruiting. It's been a minute, so I want to catch us up on that. And we had the introductory press conference for new defensive coordinator Jeff Collins on Monday, so I want to talk a little bit about that. But also, it is Tuesday, and so I got Tuesday trivia for you. You ready for this? Here we go. UNC has played 16 games this season, which is just over half of the regular season. There's 31 games in college basketball regular season. RJ Davis, in those 16 games, has made 48 three-pointers. Some very rough loosey-goosey math doubles that to 96 threes. Now, obviously, RJ should have some postseason games as well, but, you know, we're going to set it at 96 for right now. So my question is, how many Tar Heels have hit 96 or more threes in a single season in Carolina history? So I want you to give me how many, who are they, and how many three-pointers did those people hit? All right, the answer for that coming up at the end of the show, as always. Let's get into where things stand heading into this week of college basketball. Obviously, the new AP rankings dropped on Monday, and North Carolina is the number four team in the nation. Let me run down the entire top 10, just in case you didn't see it. P.S., while we do that, I'm also going to put up for you so you can see it, our most recent Locked On Top 25 for those who are watching. Here is the AP top 25 though. Uh, top 10 at least I should say. Let's count it down from 10. Number 10, Memphis. 9, Baylor. 8, Kentucky. 7, Duke. 6, Tennessee. 5, Houston. 4, North Carolina. 3, Kansas. 2, Purdue. And number 1, UConn. Um, and, and here's where things sit with that. This is where we expected Carolina to move their way into the top five, and that's exactly what they did. Now, the question was, where are they going to be? Lots of people were speculating all weekend. We had a lot of great conversation in the Discord going on about that, but Carolina ends up fourth. That's actually where I personally ranked the Tar Heels. The only difference I had in that top four from the AP poll is I put Purdue uh, still at number one ahead of UConn, because when I look at the resumes of all these teams, I thought Purdue's resume is actually still better than UConn's resume when you compare 
the two followed by Kansas. And then I liked Carolina's right behind those three. So that's why I landed them where I did. Now, what's interesting as you look at the current top four, I just want to sit there for a second. So the AP poll, you know, you the, the voters um, vote, uh, there's 63 of them right now that are voting and they vote all the way down to 25. And then you get a certain number of points for each slot and they tally up all the points and all the first place votes. And then you just slot everybody in. Well, the top four is really interesting. So it's UConn and Purdue, number one and number two. I would have had it flipped, but th this tier of UConn and Purdue, hear this. UConn got 39 first place votes. Purdue got 20 first place votes. So of the 63 first place votes, those two teams got 59 of them. And when you look at all the points that were tallied, UConn got 1,542, Purdue got 1,506. So pretty close there together. What is that, like a 36-point differential? But then from Purdue down to Kansas at third, Kansas got three first-place votes, and the Tar Heels got a first-place vote. Shout out to that uh, poll voter. I didn't actually go look up who it is. But what's interesting, Kansas tallied 1,426 total points. So like 80 behind Purdue. And then Carolina was 1407. So like 19 behind Kansas. And then from Carolina down to Houston at five is a massive drop off, like essentially like 170 or something like that. So there's this, what you see in the AP poll um, is this clear delineation of a first tier of UConn and Purdue right, right now. This is where we stand as of mid-January a clearly delineated second tier, which is North Carolina and Kansas separated, you know, a little bit lower than those top two, but then a big, big gap from North Carolina down to Houston at number five. So what we're seeing then, what that says to me is there's a first tier, little separator, second tier, but then a big separator down to that third tier. Now, obviously this is where things stand today and it's going to change and evolve as we go throughout the conference portion of the season because teams are losing on the road all the time. But for right now, as we're looking at things today, Carolina is in a great, great spot. We feel, I feel, very comfortable with where the Tar Heels are at. Um, thinking then to the bracketology side of it, um, because that's why this ultimately matters, is where is Carolina sitting um, as compared to the rest of the country? Well, um, ESPN, Joe Lenardi, will have a new bracketology out today, Tuesday, and frankly, when that comes out, based on where Lenardi had Carolina and where he was talking about Carolina last week, I expect the Tar Heels to be a number one seed in his new bracketology. His, his last iteration of it, the one seeds were Purdue, Houston, UConn, and Arizona. Since then, Houston and Arizona have both lost again. And so I expect them to drop out, Purdue and UConn, and probably Kansas and Carolina to be the other two number one seeds in some order, whether Carolina is the three or four overall. That's where I believe it will be at today, Tuesday. And so, um, in fact, by the time you're listening to or watching today's episode, it might already be out and you already know the result of that. Now, uh, others, there's, there's a website you can go check out that's called Bracket Matrix, where they compile like however many different bracketologists 
uh, versions of their bracket. And then they update it with the most recent ones, show you, you know, where your team sits um, on average amongst all those brackets. And so it's really, really kind of interesting. But another um, just one that's well known is Jerry Palm from CBS. He actually put out a new one already on Monday. And Carolina in that poll or in that bracket, excuse me, was still a two seat behind um, Purdue, Kansas, UConn, and Houston. So the difference in that one was Arizona already, he had moved back, but kept um, Houston in that one seed conversation ahead of North Carolina as a two seed. Now, again, we're in mid-January and things are going to change and evolve all the time. And that that's just is what it is. But again, with where Carolina is at right now in the AP poll, with where Carolina is at in our locked on poll, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see that um, and with where Carolina is sitting in bracketology, as I looked at that bracket matrix side, I went ahead and checked it out. The vast, vast majority of the brackets on there have Carolina at either a one or a two. I feel like I saw one or two where the Tar Heels were a three, but um, I, I'm great shape for where you want to be. So wh- where do we move forward? Well, we talked about that a little bit on when or on yesterday's show that Wednesday you've got Louisville, you expect to beat them. You don't want to overlook it, right? You want to, as I said, you want to just keep bringing that elite energy game in and game out. And that's what I expect the Tar Heels to do tomorrow night at home. And then you go on the road to Boston College this weekend. And so uh, th- there was a couple of questions from the live reaction show uh, that we answered yesterday. And one of them I wanted, I said I wanted to save for today as we were talking about kind of looking ahead a little bit. And that was from Graham Bunn. And Graham asked this question, what is the next big test for the team schedule wise, in my opinion? And I'll give two things. And it's actually back to back games. The first of which is just under a week from now. That is this coming Monday at home against Wake Forest. Now, thankfully, this game is at home. The Tar Heels don't have to play Wake on the road. But for two reasons, uh, I think this is the next big, with all due respect to Louisville and Boston College, uh, test, as Graham was asking. So I'm just trying to answer in the spirit. You know, in the a coach would say that Louisville, tomorrow night, that is the next big test. I'm trying to answer in the spirit of which Graham and asked this question. So for me, it is this uh, next Monday, January 22nd at home against Wake Forest. And I said it's for two reasons. Number one, Carolina plays at Boston College on Saturday up in Boston and then has to return home to play Wake Forest. Wake Forest will have played at home on Saturday. Not only that, but they're playing Louisville. And so uh, Wake should be coming off when you expect Carolina to as well, but a tougher game in a road environment before coming back and turning around pretty quickly and playing again on Monday night. So, um, and so that's one reason is the travel schedule. The other is Wake Forest is a really good basketball team this year. Hunter Salas uh, is just the next in this long iteration from Alondis Williams to Tyree Appleby to uh, now Hunter Salas that Coach Forbes has brought in in the transfer market to, to lead the attack for him. They've got several other key pieces, names you would know. And so I think that's going to be a tough test. And then the other is the very next game after that, that following Saturday. So Carolina's got just shy of a week before their next game, but Carolina will have the week Saturday earlier gone up to Boston College. And then this Saturday, they will go south, almost the the second southernmost ACC team to play at Florida State on Saturday, January 27th. So these back-to-back games, I think, are going to be big, big tests. And I know FSU doesn't rate as high right now, but 
they're tied for second in the ACC with the three other North Carolina schools right now. And so they're, they're doing something that one loss obviously is to the Tar Heels. Speaking of which, that means Florida state is going to be on the lookout for some revenge. I mean, they probably feel like they feel like they probably should have won that game in Chapel Hill. Great return, great comeback from the Tar Heels to get that win. Um, but Florida state is going to be ready to go for that one. So Graham, that's my answer uh, next Monday at home against wake. And then, a week from Saturday on the road at Florida State. All right, coming up, we got to talk some Carolina basketball recruiting and why I think Carolina is going to be in good shape in the 2025 class. We'll get to that in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of life, but can we talk for a minute about preparing for when those moments happen? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if someone I loved got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from getting the life-saving medications they needed. Thankfully, there's Jace Medical, who makes the Jace case, a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, skin infections, and others. This could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the cost. It's never been more important than to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. Let's talk some basketball recruiting. And first, before we get into some individuals, let me remind us all of the state of where I think we're at with high school recruiting. Because of the transfer portal, and especially because of where things are at, at least right now, where the legislation is that two-time transfers are good to go, high school recruiting continues to be more devalued than ever before. That said, to me, Carolina should only be having conversations, at least in the high school realms, with the most elite of the high school uh, players. Because anybody else, they're just going to sit on the end of the bench and ultimately transfer. So what I think for those, you know, not elite level high school players, you talk to them, you develop a rapport so that if they rise in their capability and skill set, and, um, and then ultimately at some point enter the transfer portal, they are a possibility to come play for the Tar Heels. Other than that, you only want to go after the top level people. And that's what we see coach Davis doing right now. So I want to talk to you about three of them in particular starting. And these are all class of 2025 guys. So guys that right now are juniors in high school. First off is AJ DeBansa, who was actually in the class of 26, but um, reclassed up back in October, the same month, by the way, um, in which Carolina offered him a scholarship. And when he reclassed, he jumped straight to the head of the line, jumping even Camboozer on the way. And so um, AJ DeBance, if you didn't get to see him or hear about him this summer, he was the stud at Peach Jam, every, the one that everyone wanted to know about. He's a 6'9 small forward. So one of those positions like the three um, that is just if you can get an absolute dude, they're 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 so unique. They're like, think about if you're if you play fantasy basketball filling out your small forward position is always the hardest. They're just the most difficult to find. And so AJ DeBansa being that at the top of the class 
Oh, buddy, whoever is able to get him and hopefully he stays in college um, is going to be in great shape. He is an absolute dude. And he, in my opinion, is it. He does everything. As a freshman last year, he averaged 19.1 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2.9 assists and two and a half blocks. I'm telling you, it's all there. He's originally from Massachusetts, but plays on the other coast at Prolific Prep in Napa out in California. And here's the deal with AJ DeBanta. And obviously we're, we're still early in this thing, but from rumors, I'm hearing things people are dropping in my ears. Carolina has at least right now, a legit shot with this young man, along with UConn. There's obviously others in the game, but um, those are just two of the, the schools I'm hearing at the top of the list right now. Let's talk about Koa Pete who plays in Arizona. Um, Hubert Davis was in Chapel Hill Saturday earlier in the day for dismantling Syracuse. Later on Saturday, he was up in Massachusetts for Hoop Hall. Um, and one of the ones he watched while he was there was Koa Pete. We've talked about him on the show before, but another guy who's top six ranked at all four of the recruiting sites. Um, after Coach Davis being at the game to watch Pete this weekend, uh, Koa was quoted as saying, that was really cool. Coach Davis is a great guy, great program over there. And I had a good time on my visit there to see him at my game. And to see him at my games means a lot. And you might have seen, maybe you hadn't, that Koa Pete actually recently released his top 10 list. And in, in addition to North Carolina, it was, I'll read it alphabetically, Arizona, Arizona State. Baylor, Duke, Houston, Kentucky, Michigan, Texas, UCLA. So just uh, a host of some of the best programs in the nation. By the way, Baylor just beat out Duke and Kentucky for a young man. Way to go, Scott Drew. Congrats on that one. Koa Pete also was quoted um, as saying, uh, quote, the deciding factor will come down to whom I trust the most. So that's going to be a critical factor. If, if that's part of what you're looking for, I don't know how you can do much better than Hubert Davis. And one other thing I want to say that he mentioned about Coach Davis's pitch to him was, quote, they stressed the history of North Carolina. They would use me as a versatile wing, kind of like Harrison Ingram, and just how they liked each other, how the team got along with each other was my biggest takeaway. So uh, this, as a young man who can do a little bit of everything, just like Harrison Ingram can, uh, that's a very good sign that he sees himself in Harrison Ingram being able to do that for the Tar Heels. He sees how Coach Davis uses him, but also critically, this is a team that that the big selling point has been how well they uh, get along together, how much camaraderie there is, how they love going out to eat together, how they love doing all those things. You you see him noticing that and that mattering in a big way. I'm telling you, this is what Coach Davis is creating with the Tar Heels and, and recruits are noticing. The third young man I want to note is Caleb Wilson. Uh, and we're catching up on this one a little bit, but uh, you might recall back in the fall, Caleb Wilson was scheduled to come to Carolina, uh, ultimately postponed and said he would reschedule. Uh, like people came out of the woodworks, all freaked out to Isaac, Isaac, is, is Caleb Wilson, is he, he's, he's done. He's going somewhere else. He's just saying this and he's not going to reschedule. Well, hey, easy does it. I cautioned not to try to make smoke where there wasn't any. And thankfully that true uh, proved to be true. Now, Caleb Wilson has indeed scheduled an official visit for February 3rd. Do you know what's happening that day? The Tar Heels are hosting Duke. Now, here's what that means. You have, I mean, already you have to win that basketball game. But if, when you're bringing in dudes, 
you got to go win this game and you got to put your stamp on it. Show that you are the superior um, school. Um, Wilson, 6'9", power forward, plays at Holy Innocence Episcopal in the Atlanta area, and he's at least fifth in all four services. So these three young men we're talking about that Carolina has a good, you know, is at least in on are all top six in the class of 25. That's that elite level I'm looking at. Now, as many elite players as Coach Davis has offered in this class, and I'll remind you of all of them here in just a second, I, I just want to remind us all that Carolina will not land even close to a majority or even half of all of them. And they, frankly, they should, because you need to sprinkle a couple freshmen with some transfers and returning experience and all that kind of stuff. So what that means is that you, as we, as the Carolina family should be thrilled to get two, maybe even three of these young men on the class of 2025. So to be in like this with these three guys is great news. And I, at, at this point, as we talk in mid January, I legitimately believe that the Tar Heels have at least a shot with all three of those that we mentioned. Um, and, and it's important because on court lack of success, isn't the worst thing in the world. Like why I, I'm, when I say why, I mean, why does Carolina have a shot with all of them? I mean, aside from just liking Carolina, the history of it, the Jordan of it, while on-court lack of success doesn't kill you, man, having the level of success the Tar Heels are getting right now, um, coming together as a team, doing the things they're doing, and and that helping prove that Hubert Davis is the man for the job that you know a lot of us were preaching patience on, but some people were not, it's all right there. It's perfect. It's what you need. So Carolina uh, doing great stuff in that regard and just cruising along as you would want them to be. I said I'd read off the rest of the 2025 offers that are out there. It's Jasper Johnson, Cam Boozer, Caden Boozer, Koa Pete, uh, who we've already talked about, Bryson Tiller, Isaiah Harwell, and the other is Darren Peterson. So um, those are all names to be keeping your eyes out on as Carolina moves forward in the class of 2025. Obviously, we'll celebrate um, any news that turns out good for Carolina, and we'll talk about when it doesn't go as well, what that will mean moving forward. Well, uh, we had the introductory press conference for new defensive coordinator Jeff Collins on Monday, and he used a line that struck me, and I love it, and I'm excited to share it with you. And we'll do that in just a second, right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs kicked off just this past weekend, but there's still time to get in on all the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Their app is really easy to use, and they've got all sorts of various ways you can bet. Things like same-game parlays. There's a brand-new Explore tab that helps you find the things you're looking for. They've got all sorts of college basketball lines. One of them is Final Four odds. Right now, Purdue is plus 170, Arizona plus 230, UConn and Houston tied at plus 250, and Carolina and Auburn tied at plus 390. So if you want to get in on that action, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. On Monday, North Carolina held a football press conference, started off by Coach Mac Brown talking about various things, including a, a new NIL initiative that is starting from Heels for Life. I'll talk about that in just a second. But the, the main piece that we're all interested in and care about is the new defensive coordinator hire, and that's Jeff 
Collins, Coach Brown said they had looked at about five different guys, but just every time they talked, Jeff Collins' name just kept rising up to the surface. Previously, he's been the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State and Florida, very successful there, and then head coach at Temple, and where most Tar Heel fans probably remember him from as the head coach at Georgia Tech. Um, Coach Collins has not been coaching this year. Um, by everything we've heard, he's just been sitting down in his man cave, as Coach uh, Brown said, watching football and, and staying up on the game and, and schemes and everything that's going on. Coach Brown talked about how much he liked Coach Collins' aggressive style. He likes that he attacks. Uh, those two things are very telling. Um, anytime in a, in a talent-based or scheme-based kind of, you know, uh, forward-facing something. Anytime things don't go well and you have a certain thing in place, always watch to see what are the keywords that come up. Uh, those are the things that the pendulum is looking to swing uh, with the coaching staff. And so in this case, it is this aggressive style. It is this attacking style that Coach Brown was looking for. Coach Brown said, I've coached against him. I know how difficult his defense is to play against um, as, as an offensive unit, right? And so uh, I, I don't know what higher praise you can have is like, hey, I coached against him and I didn't like doing it. <laughs> and so I want him on my team. Hey, I can get behind that. Um, Coach Brown has talked about, and you, you might've read or seen this, but on their Zoom calls, Coach Collins broke down Carolina's tape, already talking about what was good, what needed to be fixed. He, Coach Brown said that he already knew all the coaches' names, knew the players' names and numbers, was giving equal praise and criticism, but all of it very fair. You know, none of it just like, this dude's terrible. You know, none of that, but uh, very um, precise and specific um, coaching. And he's not even the coach. He's not even got the job yet. Like, that is phenomenal. And so uh, what I loved is that Coach Collins came up and he basically said, hey, look, when a Hall of Famer calls, you leave your man cave and you get to work. But the, the phrase that he used, and uh, this is the one I wanted to share that really stuck out to me, is he said, my goal is that we are going to be creating chaos without being chaotic. And I, here's why I think that is such a good line and so critically important in this day and age of college football. Defenses are at such a disadvantage because of rules and because of all the wild schemes that offenses are running. And so a lot of times, all you can do as a defense is just try uh, to, to confuse the offense, disguise your, your blitzes, disguise what kind of, you know, whether you're in man or zone or whatever it is, um, to do all of these things. And so if we can know what we're doing, that's the without being chaotic part. Cause let's remember last year, all the times we talked about how Carolina didn't know the play call and wasn't getting it in quickly enough and all those kind of things. So we're not going to be chaotic, but we're going to create chaos for the other team. And if Carolina can do that, I think that is phenomenal. And so I love this. This uh, quote from Coach Collins is going to stick with me this offseason. The other thing, obviously, is that Ted Monachino uh, moved seats on the bus from senior defensive analyst to now being the defensive line coach. And as Coach Brown said, if you would have told me that I would have these two guys, you know, helping lead my defense in various ways, I would feel great. And you would have thought I was a liar. So uh, I think Carolina is in great shape. Um, 
He also talked about the Heels for Life, the football collective's new initiative that's kicking off the Hold the Line campaign. Basically, what they're trying to do in the short term is raise a million dollars over two weeks and then over the long term, raise five million or more dollars in calendar year 2024, while also gaining a total membership of five thousand for Heels for Life. So uh, that would be a great thing if you want to try to help support what Carolina's football collective is doing. Go get in on this thing, man. Uh, because you sit like you see what NC State's doing. You've heard all that noise. Uh, their collective is uh, like Savage Wolves, or something. I can't remember what it's called, but they're doing work out here in Carolina. Has to keep up um, both football and and basketball with um, what TJ Beisner's doing with secondary break. Man, I, I love that. I'm excited to continue helping them as well. So Carolina's brought in you know uh, several transfers already. We'll be talking about them throughout the off season. And uh, moving from football, just one big picture thing I want to leave us on because I thought it was really cool. Um, recently, the Learfield Directors Cup announced the standings after all the fall sports were completed and all the tallies were in. North Carolina is leading the nation right now in the Learfield Directors Cup. Now, obviously, there's winter and spring sports still to go, but you love it. Carolina is ahead of future ACC member Stanford, and so that's great. Um, Tar Heels just continue to do really, really well in this and uh, expect them to continue to do so, and the ACC as a whole is doing well, too. Seven ACC schools are right now in the top 15, and so this is just another one of those, like, Man, I hope the ACC can find a way to stick together. So anyway, great stuff there. Let me quickly give you the Tuesday trivia answer. How many Tar Heels have hit 96 or more three-pointers in a single season? Who are they and what's their number? Well, the answer, the total, is three of them. And I'll take you from least to greatest of that. Uh, right at 96 was Cam Johnson in the 18-19 season. Uh, at 98 was Brady Manick in the 21-22 season. And then the only Tar Heel ever to eclipse or to hit 100 or more threes in a single season is, you might remember, Justin Jackson hit 105 in the 2016-17 National Championship season. So several great seasons with guys doing that. If RJ keeps doing what he is I would imagine he's going to pass Justin Jackson if Carolina keeps having success and plays deep into the postseason. Great stuff there. All right, folks, it's been great to be together today. Tuesday, tomorrow's show. Wednesday, we'll get ready for Wednesday night's Louisville game with Coach Pat Kilby. Going to be great stuff there. Wednesday night, we will have a live reaction show, even though it's a late game. I'm going to be here for you with that. Follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels, me at Isaac Shade. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show rate and review it five stars please if you would smash the like button if you're watching on youtube it's always a great day to be a tar heel we'll talk again tomorrow but until then peace <laughs>